Hey guys, I'm John Scheringer and welcome to episode one of my video book club. I was going to call this drunken reading, but I thought that was going to send the wrong message. So right now it's going to remain nameless and I'm just going to call it video book club until I can figure a better name out. The reason why I wanted to do this and why I'm recording this is I like reading. I never liked reading when I was younger, when I was in school, but now I really like reading and the books I like reading are all revolving around self-help, self-development, um, personal development, books of that genre. So it's very hard, at least for me, to go and strike up conversations with strangers, with my friends, with family about the books that I've read because not a lot of people read those books or they won't admit to it. I mean, let's, let's face it, we all need help in our lives. Um, we aren't enough, even though we are enough. I know that's confusing, but we have enough within us to do whatever we want in life. But there are times where we don't know how to bring that out of ourselves. So what self-help books do is help us to figure that out, find that out, give us some life hacks, some tips, some tricks to help us kind of live a better life. That's why I like reading self-help books. They give me a little edge in my life and help me to live a happier, healthier life. So having said all that, the way I'm going to have this, uh, way I want this to run is I'm going to read the book chapter by chapter and I'm going to dissect the chapter. So I'm not going to talk about the whole book. It's just going to be that single chapter that we talked about. So with this first episode, it's going to be chapter one. And the book that I am reading right now is Crushing by Bishop T.D. Jakes. Um, I've just read the first couple chapters so far. It's a phenomenal book. I love this man. I love listening to him speak. He is an amazing speaker. His books are phenomenal. So it's kind of fitting that this is my first, this will be the first episode. Uh, even though I've been thinking about doing something like this for a while now, just never got around to it, never thought about it, never really did this type of work. So I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I enjoy it. The way it's going to break down is, again, I'm going to read chapter by chapter, dissect the chapters. Uh, we're going to talk about central idea for the chapter, um, issues that affect your life, uh, solutions that are proposed by the author, um, talk about specific passages in the book, and then uh, talk about what I may have learned in the book. So this is all going to be based on my thoughts and opinions. I'm also going to be asking myself a couple different questions uh, within the chapter as we break it down. And kind of try to put myself in the shoes of the author and uh, what I would do in certain situations or what I have learned or what I might do in the future. Kind of just just bring some thought-provoking uh, stuff into this uh, video book club, I guess. So since I'm the only one here, there's, yep, there's no one else around me. There's just an unironed sheet behind me, so you're welcome. It'll be ironed by next time, at least. <laughs> or something else will be up, who knows. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. Again, this book is by Bishop T.G. Jakes. It is called Crushing God Turns Pressure into Power. Um, this is actually the second book that I've read by uh, Bishop T.G. Jakes. And again, I love his books. So I guess we're just going to go straight into the chapters. Uh, again, breaking it down. 
I'm just going to give you a little insight overview of each part of the chapter, ask myself some questions, answer the questions, and then move on. Once I'm done with the chapter, we're going to go through the central idea again, how it affects the life, implications, solutions, specific passages, and then what I've learned from the reading. So I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, begins first chapter when everything falls apart. Um, well, I have a chip clip. I use a chip clip when I do my chapters. So when everything falls apart, he's got uh, a passage in the beginning. A lot of books that I've read have like inspirational passages in the beginning. Uh, this first one is from Helen Keller. Only through experience of trial and suffering can the soul be strengthened, ambition inspired, and success achieved. So that's that's how he uh, starts out the chapter. Oh, and before, before we really get into it, uh, because I thought this was going to be drunken reading, this episode is brought to you by Tiki Time by Three Sheeps. So yes, I will be drinking half a beer. I drank half of it already setting this all up um i don't know about you but uh i like to have a little little drink when i read and when i talk to people so i'm talking to you read a book let's do a little drinking you watch this and drink too take a shot every time i say drink okay chapter one everything falls apart um this chapter starts out with a bombshell it really does his daughter uh bishop td jake's daughter 13 years old sits him and his wife, uh, I hope I'm not butchering the name, Sarita, uh, sit him and his wife down on their porch. Again, 13-year-old daughter tells them both that she is pregnant. Now, being told, uh, this book is being told through T.D. Jakes. He's got his own life experiences in here, obviously. So it's being told through his eyes how he felt through everything. Uh, and... He talks about his full weight of pain and anguish um, that's going on with his daughter telling him this. He wants to lighten the heavy emotional load that his daughter has been carrying. Now, obviously, I'm sure the load has been lifted just being able to tell him and his wife. So telling her parents that she's pregnant at 13 years old. I'm sure that's a huge weight lifted right there. Uh, so... Bishop Jakes is battling the bittersweet joy of this news as his mother passed away a few months earlier prior, a few months prior um, to Alzheimer's. And he also mentioned that his uh, mother was the bedrock of his life. So, you know, he's, he's, getting, he's trying to get over the passing of his mother from Alzheimer's. A couple months ago, it takes a while to get over that, obviously, especially when she's the bedrock of your life anybody it's going to take a while to get over that and now he's being hit with something just as big i dare say traumatic i don't think being pregnant's a traumatic experience but just knowing that your 13 year old daughter is pregnant i that's a huge huge bombshell so he felt powerless oh he felt powerless to help his mom retain simple tasks Excuse me. So obviously his mom had Alzheimer's. Um, and, you know, the brain leaves. So you, you're basically losing, you know, for in his case, he's losing his mom twice. Uh, first time through Alzheimer's. 
and the second time through the eventual passing. So it, this is going to be extremely hard for him. Again, bedrock of his life. He's watching her kind of decrease and digress in life and then eventually pass away. And one big thing that's really hitting him is he's thinking, am I self-centered? Am I thinking about how he's thinking about how he would be, how he would be viewed uh, because of his 13-year-old daughter, you know, being pregnant? And he's also thinking, did he miss a sign? So th- those are a couple things he's ending that little section of the chapter with. So I asked myself a couple questions. First one is, how would you feel, or how would I feel, if I had a daughter and she came? And told me at 13 years old she was pregnant. So I do have a daughter. She is three years old. Um, I don't even want to think about that right now. If if my daughter came up and told me at 13 that she was pregnant, I would probably be beside myself. Um, I know being pregnant is a joyous time, but when you're 13, in my eyes, it's too young. Um, you're still a kid. You haven't lived your life yet. Um, you haven't been a teenager. You haven't had your heart broken. Well, maybe you have now because, but it, I dare say I would be distraught. I, I would, I would be thinking the same things as Bishop Jakes felt, you know, did I miss a sign? Did I miss something? Did I not raise my kid right that she went down this path. So there would be a lot of internal beating myself up. What did I do wrong that she's 13 and pregnant? Again, not that pregnancy is bad, but at that age, I don't think that that is good. And the next question I ask myself is, with his mother passing months earlier from Alzheimer's, 13-year-old daughter says she's pregnant. What is running through your mind about your life? I mean, me personally, I'm thinking, oh, shit. Like, life is just over. You know, obviously not over. Not like I'm going to take my life. But, you know, you're still reeling, or I would still be reeling from the passing of my mother from Alzheimer's. Again, losing her twice. Losing her from the Alzheimer's and then losing her from the eventual passing. You're still trying to get over that. Like, I would still try, I'd still be getting over that. Living life without my mother it would be extremely difficult. And now on top of that, layering on top of that, my 13-year-old daughter coming and telling me that she's pregnant? Now, I I hope and pray that the boy, the man, whoever is still in her life, because if he's not, he's a dead man. Um, you will not find his body. So I hope he would be in his life and, you know, Take that man role, take that father, uh, dad role, and raise the kid. I I hope they wouldn't abort, but that's not my decision. Even though she's 13, she just made an adult decision to have a child, to be pregnant. So I would think that's her decision from there on, whether to keep it, adopt it, or abort it. Again, I hope... Abortion wouldn't be uh, an option. And obviously, I would 100% support her in everything that she wanted to do. Um, I'm there for her. I'm, I want to be her bedrock. I want to be 
that person that she can come to when she's hurting, when she's in pain, and when she's joyful. I want to be that person. I want to be that dad. So, yeah, I will be running through my mind about life just, holy crap, you know, what else is going to happen? You know, things usually happen in threes. I don't want to say bad things. Things usually happen in threes. So what's the third thing coming, right? That would be in my mind. Moving on in the chapter, uh, the next heading is uh, far, far more fragile is the next heading. And he's, he's talking about when you feel the word fall around you, you question everything. And this is where your faith is tested. That's what he's saying. This is where your faith is really tested is when all these things are happening. You feel like the world is crumbling around you. This is where you need to cling on to God, cling on to your faith and help him ride you through this storm. Even in the moments of the greatest anguish, you often find unexpected blessings alongside and commingled with your losses. That is a direct quote from T.D. Jakes from the book. Even in the moments of your greatest anguish, you often find unexpected blessings alongside and commingled with your losses. Now, if you know anything about T.D. Jakes, he loves to use big words. Commingled, that to me is a big word. While his mom's faith, excuse me, while his mom's health is fading, everything he's been doing has been flourishing. Now, think about that as well. Then his 13-year-old daughter tells him he's pregnant. His haters, he's thinking, are pouncing and ready to attack. His mother was his counsel. She was his bedrock. Now she's gone. He has fear that his daughter was going to take her own life because of the shame and embarrassment that she brought not only on herself, but on him and his title and everything that he's been doing. And he, he's saying he just felt trapped in his own pain. And that's understandably so. That concludes that little heading there. So a couple questions I asked myself on this section. What is the first thing you think and or question when things go wrong in your life? When your life is going great and something unexpected happens, what do you do? You know, when it's funny, you know, being in the military, I've been around a lot of many people. I was in the Marines for 10 years. A lot of many religions, a lot of uh, different creeds, races, sex. You know, when things go to shit, it's almost like an agreed-upon scapegoat is blaming God. Why God? Why me? This is all going around around me. Why are you allowing this to happen to me? That, that, is, that is pretty much the one thing that people gravitate to. That's probably something that I know I've done in the past. And I'm trying to better myself and not doing that because it's not his fault. He's not the one doing this to you. Sin and evil is in the world because of the devil. So, when your life is going great and something unexpected happens, what do you do? Um, You're just in shock and awe. You're searching for answers. 
and especially for these bombshells that dropped for him, you know, his mother passing, 13-year-old daughter pregnant, years searching for answers. And he, you know, asked it in the beginning there is, did I miss a sign? Did I miss something out there? Was I not present in life enough to know that these things were happening and was going on? Now, obviously, he knew his mom was passing, Alzheimer's, but was he not present enough in life to know what was going on with his daughter? Would I be present enough? I hope I would be. Crazy. We move on. We move on to seeds and weeds, another section in this chapter, chapter one. It says, everything is bittersweet when everything is going great in his life except mom and daughter. And he quotes a little passage in the Bible, Luke 4.23, saying, Physician, heal thyself. Physician, heal thyself. He's only man and is susceptible to pain. You know, you think about that. Physician, heal thyself. That's other people talking to the physician who's hurt. So when people, you know, he's sitting there thinking and probably talking to people. When he's unloading, when he's venting, when he's bringing this out so the stress decreases, people are just going to look at you and say, dude, you you know what you need to do. Just do it. Physician, heal thyself. You're, you're cut. Fix the cut. It should be that simple, but it's not. We're all human, right? And T.D. Jakes is questioning, direct quote, is God okay with the coexistence of joy and utter anguish? Why would God do this to me? Again, we, you know, I said that in the last heading there. And Jesus' parable about the wheat and tares, or weeds, growing together. What if God is so powerful that he turns the tables on the tares and uses them to make you stronger? So what if God is so powerful that he can turn the tables on the weeds, on the crap in your life, and, make, and use that to make you stronger? So he goes on to Genesis 50, 20. Uh, this is Joseph saying, You intended to do me harm, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And that's Joseph being sold into slavery. Slavery. That's not even a word. Joseph being sold into slavery by his brothers. So he's saying this to his brothers. He's finally met up with them. You guys sold me into slavery to intend to do me harm. But God took that and he's using it for good to save many lives. Also, there's Roman 8, Romans 8.28. The Apostle Paul says, And we know that in all things God's all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And he drives uh, the point home at the end of there that all things includes the hardship, includes the pain, includes the unexpected, includes the disasters in your life. Drink break. So in this little section... I ask myself, everyone is susceptible to pain, to feeling pain and loss and anguish, right? When they do feel that the people who we would turn to in these times of situations should be 
able to counsel themselves and not feel the same emotions and prolonged despair as we could? Wow, that was a terrible question, John. Uh, you know, we, like I said before, with a physician, heal thyself. You know, if, if you're a doctor and you have a broken leg and there's nobody else around to fix it, it's not so easy to reset your own leg. I wouldn't think so. I've broken, I don't know, broke my elbow. Didn't break my knees, didn't break my legs. But your, your, your doctor broke your leg. You're riddling in pain. You're in anguish. You're probably rolling around. You are just beside yourself with adrenaline, with pain, and trying to understand what the heck happened, that your body is torn up, you're not going to be able to set your own leg and heal yourself. And we're talking about what T.D. Jakes is going through with the passing of his mother, with his daughter telling him that she's 13 and pregnant. To me, that's going to be a lot harder than a physician trying to, a doctor trying to set his own leg, set his broken leg. You're looking at a mental thing here now. You have to get over a mental, not just one, but two mental problems. People can't even get over not hitting the snooze button on their alarms in the morning. You're trying to have one man get over two bombshells at one time? Holy hell. And you're going to sit here and patronize them and say, dude, you know what you're supposed to be doing, just do it. It's not that easy. It's not that simple. You got to give the guy a, a break. You got to give the guy some leeway here. And the second question kind of ties the last two sections together. Why would God do this to me? And I kind of talked about this earlier. God doesn't do this to you. And I, I might talk about this a little bit later in this section, in this chapter. He doesn't do this to you. He does this for you. Now, shit's going to happen in our life. Shit happens in my life has had happened. You got to get over it. There's only two ways to go about it. Well, three ways. You can get over it. You can let it take over you. Or you can do nothing. Which I think is probably the worst choice. Is doing nothing. God isn't doing any harm to you. Sorry. Had a little vision there. Uh, moving on to the next section. Uh, going to the Master's Marathon. Uh, still in the same chapter. Still in chapter 1. Uh, he reached his heights because of his painful ordeals. So he reached his heights because of his painful ordeals. He's saying, T.D. Jakes is saying that he's only become this great, have, has done so many awesome things in the world, and has accomplished so much because of all the pain, all the anguish, all the storms that he had to go through in his previous years. Those helped him to strengthen him to be in the position to reap the benefits. He's asking, you know, is pain a prerequisite? 
For each person who dares to embrace their future is also called to endure a season of trial and pain. So if you want to be better in your life, you're going to have to go through some hardships. If you want to increase, if you want to increase in your success, whether it's in a relationship, whether it's in business, you're going to have to go through some hardships. You have to grow. You can't keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. That's the definition of insanity, or so I'm told. What if there is more to our suffering than what we see? What if it's a catalyst for our growth unlike no other? What if? Really, what if? What if the pain you're going through is setting you up for so much glory later on down the road? The plans in our life cannot compare to God's strategy for filling our purpose. God's plan is eternal. Ours is temporary. We think we are running a sprint, but God knows we are running a marathon. I love planning. That's what I do in my coaching business and my mentoring business. I love setting up plans for people. Uh, it's something to be able to go by and guide yourself. It's your path. It's your journey. It's your roadmap. So you know where you're headed. It's your compass. It's your North Star. Yeah, things go wrong. So I also have pitfall plans in there to help kind of avoid those. But you can't plan for everything. That I know. Shit's going to go wrong. And you're going to have to get over that. So in that section, it was a, kind of a shorter section. What pain have you endured that has led you to greater heights? What pain have I endured that has led me to greater heights? You know, when I wrote this question, it this question came organically. It really did. And... The first thing I thought about when I wrote this question down was dealing with the loss of an unborn baby. So 10-ish years ago now, um, I was dating a girl and we got pregnant. Um, I ended up being engaged to that girl. That we're no longer engaged or married to somebody else, happily married to somebody else with a beautiful girl, a beautiful three-year-old. Um, but at this time, 10 years ago, you know, we, we were pregnant. We were both happy, extremely happy about it. And through just events, I guess, uh, we found out that there was a complication with the pregnancy. I, I was actually going to look up the name of what the complication was, but I forgot what it is. Um, basically, and this example was burned into my mind when the doctor told me about it, or told us about it at the time, is basically the baby could have still been born. Um, it wouldn't have been alive. And the reason why it wouldn't have been alive is because the amniotic sac that would should usually surround the baby and encompass the baby to that's where the baby lives and grows it didn't form around the baby it actually the way he said it is it was like duct tape wrapping the baby up so he told us that
that the the baby the child had no organs inside its body it was all out none of the bones were formed um in in any way uh, so the only reason the baby was alive was because uh, my girlfriend was alive really so that was a struggle <laughs> um that was a struggle to understand and it goes back to the question why god would you do this to me and that's probably a question i asked right away is like why would you let this happen this is supposed to be an extremely beautiful and joyful occasion why why it was so hard to understand so there was a decision that had to be made um, the decision basically was we could either abort the baby now that again would not have lived would not have lived a second after being born um, none of the organs were formed or none of the organs were inside the body um, the amniotic sac was wrapped around this baby like duct tape no bones were no bones were formed or together in any form or fashion so again the question was abort the baby now or have my girlfriend at the time go full term and then deliver the baby probably the hardest question I've ever had to answer in my life uh, collectively answer because it wasn't just me it was both her and I um, obviously she was carrying the baby there's not much I can do I was more of a co-signer than anything but still gave my thoughts and opinions we ended up making the decision to abort the baby um, basically because to me it didn't make sense for her to go full term carrying this child only to know that it was gonna die the second it was delivered I didn't want her to be attached uh, to the child more than she already is um, I don't know how she would have handled it I don't know I don't think I really would have handled it well if we would have went the full term and then delivered I probably would have been more of a wreck mentally than I what I was and believe me I was a wreck mentally just a wreck what made this episode even worse was the date of when we had to go have this procedure done it was around Easter it was either the day before or the actual day of Easter and we drove past the facility that did this and there was just a mob of people out there protesting I was so scared 
I was so scared. I was trying to hold it together as much as I could for my girlfriend at the time. Her parents came along too as support. But I was so scared. We walked, we parked, we walked up to the facility and immediately met with these protesters. Christian religious protesters protesting abortions. And just ridiculing, name-calling, anything you can think of, berating my girlfriend, her parents, myself. Because of what we were doing, where we were going and what we were doing. It took every ounce of me not to turn around. Because there was one man in my face. One old man in my face just yelling at me. It took everything I had, for one, not to choke him out. And for two, not to turn around and just scream at them and tell them what was going on. Maybe that would change their hearts. I don't know. It was extremely difficult. It was probably the hardest thing I've ever had to endure. I share that story with you because, again, that's from the question, what pain have you endured that has led you to greater heights? I feel I had to endure that pain to be a part of what I have now. To be mentally in my heart, in my soul, where I am now. Having a beautiful wife, having a beautiful daughter. And let me tell you, that was a hardship as well. And I'm sure I'm going to be talking about later. It, having our daughter now wasn't easy either. Um, but, I, but I believe I went and endured those hardships, endured that pain to see the beauty that I have now. I need a drink. Whew. Oh boy. Okay, that was... <laughs> I need to switch minds mentally here. Okay, next question. Next question. None of us know what purpose... None of us know what our purpose is on Earth. We just try to make it work for us the best we can, but our plans are so tiny compared to the greater strategy that God has for us. When has your plan gotten flattened by God's purpose? You know, I go back to the story I just shared. You know, the plan was, you know, have the baby, be married, hopefully get married first before the baby, um, and then raise a family. You know, that was the plan. That got completely flattened. Um, we broke up shortly after that. For me, because of this, I shut down. I shut down completely. Um, I was terrible. I was grieving. 
I didn't know how to grieve. I didn't know what to do. Uh, but that plan got flattened. Um, and I'm hoping I'm living God's purpose now. Again, with the family I have now, my beautiful wife, my beautiful daughter, our beautiful but annoying dog. <laughs> so yeah, I, I hope I hope he flattened that to raise me up now. Going on. We gotta go on from that one. That was a that was a rough section. Crushing becomes creation. Our plans have, always have detours. Our plans always have detours. Of course our plans have detours. We don't know where our, the meaning of life is. We don't know what our purpose is. You know, I could have planned to be Olympic swimmer. But I had detours. Went different routes. Those detours have, excuse me, those detours... And deserted places could motivate, inspire us to create something new and go in a new direction that satisfies and fulfills us for beyond anything we originally wanted. Detours are hidden for our benefit on our way to the future, to our future, so we don't get discouraged and back out. Detours are hidden for our benefit. Do you think if I knew I was going to go through that ordeal with my girlfriend at the time, I would have went through with it? Do you think if I would have known that, I would have even dated her? The crushing becomes the creation for something new. Pressure makes diamonds. The world literally destroys you to create something rare and beautiful. It's kind of like being in the Marines. They break you down just to build you back up. The process of winemaking is just like crushing in life. So this is where he gets into uh, starting to equate winemaking with living. The first step in winemaking is obviously being planted. You need to plant the seed. Next step is the blessings, the fruit. Uh, Friends and family revel in the success, equaling the farmers relishing in their harvest, being able to harvest the fruit. Then the blessings, the fruit is being stripped from the vine, being pressed into wine, and that is the wine being pressed, the grapes are being crushed. So, perspective here. A winemaker, I'm not saying a winemaker is God, but... They do some stuff. Winemaker equals God. The vine equals us. Could your latest predicament be the wine press? Could you be on the verge of victory? So a couple of questions I asked myself for this section. What if you knew your detours, your headaches? What if you knew, if you knew that... Would you still follow the path you're on? So just like I was asking myself and putting that to you earlier, you know, if I knew that I was going to go through that hardship, would I have gone through it? Would I would would I even have dated that girl if I knew what the outcome was going to be? Now think about that in your life. If you already knew the outcome, 
of something? Would you even go through it? If you knew you're going to go through extreme hardships, pain, suffering, heartbreak, lose everything. If you knew you're going to go through that, would you go through it? I probably wouldn't. If we only knew up to that point, if we only knew that we were going to go through hardships and what the hardships were, I probably wouldn't go through them. And that's me being human because really, who wants to go through pain? If I don't know what the outcome is, why would I just want to go through pain just for the fun of it? Now, if I knew the outcome, if I knew that that pain was going to lead to something greater, okay, probably. Perspective, right? Pressure makes diamonds. Three feet from success, etc. All those inspirational things, right? It's all about perspective. If you know you are on the path God has laid out for you, instead of chasing whatever plans you have set forth, you wouldn't care the amount of pressure or how far you were from success. You'd keep going. When have you been crushed in your life that turned out to be something amazing? And I wrote, I actually did a little snippet here, being a dad. When have you been crushed in your life that turned out to be something amazing? Finally becoming a dad. You know, I have a coach, a life coach that I deal with, Mac. Mac, you're amazing. Thank you for everything. Um, she kind of helped me realize that a little bit. Um, and I told her, you know, when I, and I don't think there's many 20 year olds that know what the hell they want to do in their life. But when I was in my twenties, I didn't really know I wanted to be a dad. You know, I wanted the fame, the fortune, the toys, the money, you know, all the fun, all the women, all that stuff, being a 20-year-old, being a dumb 20-year-old. I didn't know I wanted to be a dad. It wasn't, I don't think it wasn't until I was going through these hardships of trying to have a child that I finally found out, figured out that that's what I wanted. I wanted a family. I wanted to be a dad. I wanted a child. That's something that's amazing. It's an amazing title, amazing job, if you can even call it a job. It's a pleasure. All right, going on. Final section in this chapter, the vintage transformation. One hand, God's purpose is requiring you to step boldly into your future. The other hand is crushing your accomplishments. You could be accomplishing something amazing right now. And soon it could be taken away from you. Crazy, right? Each person who dares to embrace their future is also called to endure a season of pain. I hope you're smart enough and only leave it at being a season of pain. Pain... Pain doesn't define you. It shouldn't be your life. If you're in pain... It's only supposed to be for a short amount of time. If you're still in it, that means you haven't learned what you need to learn to get out of it. If you're still in pain in any aspect of your life, in your career, your relationships, financially, spiritually, emotionally, it means you haven't learned what you need to learn to move on, to grow. 
figure that out. You'll get out of that pain. You'll get out of that season of pain, whether it's been a season, a year, 10 years, 50 years. You can get out of it. You can have a happier life. Our plans don't compare to God's strategy, and once accepted, our line of thinking causes a mass shift in our perceptions. If you can accept that whatever plan you make means nothing to God, that ultimately his plans, his goals for you, the life that he's got planned out for you, is the ultimate, once you give that to him, things become a lot easier. Our current blessings aren't God's end goal. He uses the crushing to bring about something greater for us. The crushing being the process of making, of making wine that takes time. This is all about your transformation. Can the worst points of your life be a turning point of triumph for God as he uses your pain for the good and his glory? Again, his daughter... Beginning of this chapter, his daughter sat him and his wife down uh, and told her at 13 that she was pregnant. He felt like he could die when he heard that. But he didn't know what was going on after that. He didn't know that this would ultimately lead to an incredible ministry and amazing family for his daughter. Maybe you are currently in a crushing and questioning your faith. That's the end of the chapter. I asked myself two questions for this section here. Can the worst points of your life be turning points of triumph for God? Well, of course. He's the creator. He can do all things. He can turn water into wine. He can raise men from the dead. I mean, he can do whatever the heck he wants. Of course, he can use the low points in your life to be turning points of triumph. And all he asks is for you to say, yeah, God did it. God helped me to get out of this. Just a little recognition. That's all he's asking for. A little love. A little fist bump. Beep. Are you going through something right now that not only makes you question your faith, but also the direction you are going in? What are you dealing with? Well, excuse me. How are you dealing with that? So are you going through something right now that not only makes you question your faith, but also the direction you're going in? I don't... Because I'm strong in my faith, I'm not, I don't question my faith. I question the direction I'm going in because I'm human and I'd like to know what's going on. I'd like to think I have control, even though I know I don't have control of things. But I'd like to just know that the direction I'm going in is the right direction. Now, some could argue that no matter what direction I'm going in, it's the right direction. Because whether I fail, I learn. Whether I succeed, I'm in the direction I'm supposed to be in. So... Difficult question. How are you dealing with that? It's it's rough. It really is rough not knowing if you're doing your life's purpose, purpose, if you're on the road that you're supposed to be on. 
or if you took you know a right turn and you're going somewhere else you have no clue and you're going down a dark path it's hard to understand that you're not in control i still struggle with that i still struggle with that daily but i try i try to give it to god i try to let him guide me so that i can make the best decisions not only for my life but for my family's life so again that is the chapter chapter one so first overall question for the chapter is what's the central idea um you can be bursting with blessings one minute and feel like life could end the next minute it's that time you are down that's that's when you that's when the real growth starts to happen that's when you are blessed even more than you ever thought possible so that's that's what I thought the central idea of this chapter is. You could be just kicked in the stomach, down on the ground, gasping for air. Everything that you've done up until that point could just be stripped away from you, but that could be the turning point in your life, and you could be brought on to even more blessings into your life. You could have even more. Do the issues in this chapter affect your life? I would say yes. Uh, life life is affected because we all go through hardships. We all go through storms that we don't believe we should be in or think that we ever be able to get out of. That's the other thing too. If you're still in your storm, if you're still in the season of pain after a year, five, ten years, you can get out of it. Like I said earlier, you can get out of it if you want to. You just need to learn what it is you haven't learned yet. You need to grow. So if you're in pain, if you're struggling, you can get out of it. You just need to learn. What are the implications? Let's try that again. What are the implications for the future? Are there long or short-term? Short-term. Wow, I can't talk. It's only half a beer. What are the long or short-term short-term consequences? The implications are that we know we will be hit with hardships if we want to better ourselves and our future. Uh, in the short term, if we chase your dreams, you will miss and be heckled by friends who are choosing to be left behind, who you are choosing to be left behind. So in the short term, wow, I cannot say that. In the short term, <laughs> if you choose your dreams, you will miss, if you choose your dreams, you'll miss out on whatever fun your friends are having. Your friends are going to be heckling you, and eventually you're pretty much going to leave them behind if you're going for your dreams. If they're standing still and you're going for your dreams, you're going to leave them behind. You're going to go on and accomplish amazing things. In the long term, you'll have to sacrifice a lot of major things in your personal life, like events, uh, writing yourself, ridding yourself of old habits and lifestyles, old friends. So in the long term, you're going to have to sacrifice a lot if you really want something. If you want a happier, more fulfilled life. If you want a mansion on a beach. You're going to have to sacrifice what you're doing now to do the things that will get you that mansion on the beach. Working McDonald's. If you're working McDonald's right now and you want a mansion on the beach, you're not going to get it on a McDonald's salary. 
basically going to have to own your own business. So you got to figure out what that is. What are you good at? What do you like? What's hot? What solutions does this author propose? If you embrace the suck, you will change your perception on life in a good way. I had to pause that. Kind of a military term, embrace the suck. We already know it's going to suck. Just embrace it. You got to go through it anyways. Uh, There's one thing that when I was in the Marines, we do morning marches and runs and it was always nice at the end of the runs after end of the, like the five mile, 10 mile runs, they'd want to go up hills or run in the water. Pretty much when you're dead, they try to get you to, you know, get more out. So the first unit I was with, we were, I was stationed in Okinawa, Japan, and there was this one hill. I can picture it. I can picture it now that I'm telling it to you. At the end, we'd run up the hill. We did that like four or five times. We'd wagon wheel down. So we'd run up the hill, come back down on the opposite side, run up again. We'd do that like four or five times. And the whole time to help motivate us to get up that hill, um, we do sing songs the whole time. So if you know anything about formations, formation running, there's one guy on the outside. You've got the columns of people running. Guy on the outside singing a song. The columns of people would echo it back to him or some sort of version. There was a, a phrase that we would always say when we go up the hill. The person on the outside would always yell out, up the hill. Then the group of people, the, the columns of people would say, fuck the hill. Up the hill, fuck the hill. Up the hill, fuck the hill. It was our motivation to get up the hill. That, hey, I know we're going up it. You're going up it too. We're all doing this together. This hill doesn't mean shit. Let's get up the hill. Let's get it done. So that's... I mean, that's basically what it is. That's what embrace the suck means. You are you know you're going through it. You have to go through it to get done. Just embrace it. Embrace the suck. It changes your perception in a good way. Uh, talk about specific passages in the book. I already uh, mentioned a couple of those. Um, first one was in the Seeds and Weeds, Physician, Heal Thyself. Uh, also, there was the Genesis fifty twenty from Joseph when he was talking to his brothers uh, after they sold him into slavery. Um, you know, he's telling them, you intended to do me harm, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So that's God taking a crushing and turning into something amazing. There's also uh, Romans 8.28, Apostle Paul, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose, in all things, all things, in the hardships, in the pain, in the unexpected, in the disasters, in the storms, all things. God works in all things for the good of those who love him. Simple, right? And that was the last one. So that was that was the talk about specific passages in the book. What have you learned after reading this chapter? What I've learned, there is shit that happens to everyone. Durr. It's not of God's design. God doesn't design this crap to happen to you. But he works to turn it around to work for you 
in some way. Let me say that again. He works to turn it around. He works to turn it around to work for you. Even though you're going through some shit that you think he put you in, which he didn't, he's already in the works to make it work for you. It may not be in the near future, but it'll happen for you for his glory. The amount of crap you might be going through, the amount of storms you might be in, the bigger it is, the longer it's most likely going to take to get out of it and for God to work his dealings to get you out of it, to help you with it. Littler crap, it's going to take less time to get out. You know, I, I after saying that, I'm thinking of, you know, analogy of pulling back a bow and arrow. You know, you pull back the bow with the arrow in there. If you just pull back a little bit and let it go, it's just going to go bloop, just but if you pull it back more, there's more tension, there's more tension. It takes longer to pull it back. But when you let that go, that arrow can go so much further. So think about that for a second. So guys, that is the first episode. I'm not going to cut this down. Um, this is going to be pasted on YouTube, pasted on YouTube. <laughs> this is going to be, uh, uploaded on YouTube, uh, as is. I'll probably cut down different versions for different, uh, social media outlets. But I mean, this, this is pretty much it. You know, th this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to read a chapter, go through it, learn the chapter and gain some insight out of it. You know, get some philosophical perception out of it. I hope you guys learned some stuff. Uh, again, the book uh, is Crushing by T.D. Jakes. Uh, God Turns Pressure into Power. Again, I've only read a couple chapters so far. It is amazing. It's gripping. I mean, you're going through his life, the pains, the hardships that he's going through to help make this book. Uh, he's got great way with words. Um, I can't wait to read the rest of it. I can't wait to share the rest of it with you guys. Um, again, I hope you like this. If you do, please like. If you want to see more of this, please hit the subscribe button. Um, if you have any questions, comments, whatever, click on the comments, leave me a comment. If you didn't like this, tell me why. You think I'm an asshat? Go ahead, write that down. It's not going to hurt my feelings. Um, if you had questions about it, if you're, if you're listening to this and different questions pop up and want to know my response to it or you just want to start a dialogue, go ahead, write those in there. I'd love to talk to you about it. I'd love to uh, get some more insight. If you've read the book and you've thought different things, you know, on this chapter, please share. I'd love to hear from you guys. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, I really appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day to listen to this, to watch this. Again, I hope I brought some value to you. I want to do many more of this, not just of this book, but many other books down the line. Um, if there's anything you can think of that I can do that's better for you guys, please let me know. I'd love to, uh, do whatever I can to, uh, give you guys the most value, most benefit out of this. Cause it's, I know it's benefiting me reading this book and doing this homework, but I hope it's benefiting you as well, watching this and learning about not only the book, but just in life in general and questioning 
what you're doing, how you're doing it, and hopefully we can build together a better, happier, healthier, and more fulfilled life. So I love you guys. I'm going to sign off here. Um, I love you guys. Take care.